Hey, good morning, Center Church. Welcome to Sunday. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm here with my friend Jennifer. Good morning. Good morning. To you. Glad to be here. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because it's July 3rd. We're both gone this Sunday, but I just felt like the conversation we're going to have is probably too important to wait on. And so we decided to record this so we could share this conversation with you um, because I really think it's going to be a powerful, not only conversation to, to overhear, but there's a lot of practical stuff we're going to talk about I think will be helpful uh, for you. So, Jennifer, you recently returned, um, not from Lake Michigan, but from a trip <laughs> to Guatemala back yes. in, a few months ago. Yeah. And uh, along with others from the Zero Collective, a couple of different churches that we're partnered with. And uh, we're going to get into that later. But first, if people have never met you, tell us about Jennifer Gracia, about yourself, family, how you showed up at Center Church. Sure. Yeah. I'm uh, Jennifer. Uh, I'm married to Jeremiah for 12-ish years. Um, we moved here about two years ago from mm -hmm. Columbus. Go Bucks! Um, <laughs> wow. <just> starting <laughs> off strong. Uh, yeah, we've got four kids. Mateo um, is 11. Gabriella is eight. Um, Malachi is six. And Solomon's four. I'm sure you've seen us running around <laughs> here. <laughs> On a Sunday. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so we started coming to center um, about as soon as we moved here. Um, I think it was one of the first couple weeks. Um, the kids were bike riding with dad on a Sunday morning <laughs> and uh, happened to drive by um, Byron Center Christian yeah. when you were setting up outside. Um, and our daughter was like, hey, we need to go back and listen um, to the music. And so on their way back, they parked their bikes <laughs> and watched for um, a little while. And then, um, you know, as we were trying to find places to plant our roots here, we came back the next week and just felt like... Um, very welcome, and we felt like there were things happening, and we wanted to be part of them. So, here we are. <laughs> um, well, it's an interesting, and, and we've even talked leading up to recording this. Like, as a church, the last month or so, we've been journeying through different spiritual practices. Uh, we've talked about prayer, meditation. We've talked about fasting, study, and uh, there are all these practices and habits that really help us lead our soul to Jesus, which I think is helpful especially as we're navigating family and summer and just wanting to go deeper in Christ. But one of the most overlooked disciplines, what we're going to talk about in our conversation, is simplicity, keeping it simple. And the, re, the kind of the root place we get this, this idea from is Matthew 6, 33, which says, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and everything will be added unto you. And Jesus is talking about really simplicity, which is not just and what we've talked about as well is not just like reducing all your possessions down and getting rid of everything and selling your car and just biking everywhere, but it is having like a clear focus in life on Christ, like organizing your family, your marriage, yourself around uh, Him. And so uh, when we do that, when that actually happens in our lives, we become more, we do grow in, in becoming more simple, we grow in becoming more intentional. Uh, but as you recently, join the team to go to Guatemala City and be a part of the ministry there, um, serving local churches. When you think about simplicity, what one or two stories stick out? Because there had to be multiple, but try to like hone in like when it comes to simplicity and, and having that clear focus, like what comes to mind? Yeah, uh, the first um, story that came to mind um, as I was trying to prepare for this was um, a story of Elise. Um, Elise is uh, a mom of three. She um, is a recipient of, a recipient of the um, 
feeding program yeah. um, at one of the locations. Um, and Elise, um, to me, um, she's got one focus, and it is how do I further the kingdom of God. Mm. Um, we got to tour um, her home. It's like the typical Guatemala picture, right? The metal walls. Mm -hmm. um, I, could, I think it's safe to say that if we think about like our kitchen and dining room put together, that was the size of wow. Elise's house for her and her three kids. Um, and when Pastor Rafa came to her and asked, um, you know, would you be willing to give us some space so that we can have an after pro after school program? Um, he said that she like never hesitated. So wow. half of her house is um, given up to um, 40 kids at wow. the after school program, um, 12 or 14 of who to s who stay um, actually in her house and do homework and stuff after school. Wow. Um, so that was definitely one where I was like, she's clearly got one focus yeah. and it's not, oh, I don't know, my house is too small or I don't have enough to give, but mm -hmm. I'm going to give what I have. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, so half their house is set up for... That stresses me out. <laughs> <laughs> that makes center kids look amazing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> 40 kids in one room, basically. Absolutely. I mean, wow. I remember at our other church, like, thinking, like, oh, I wish we could host something. But yeah. at that time, we were in an apartment. I was like, oh, it's so small. Yeah. And definitely just put in perspective, like, yeah. if we say yes and have open hearts yeah. um, and our focus is Jesus, like, yeah. just give what we have. So, wow. yeah, Elise was definitely one of them. Um, we heard about three or four um, stories like Eric. Um, Eric is Pastor Rafa's son, mm. um, young man, early to mid-20s. Mm. Um, and him and his wife had full-time jobs in another zone of Guatemala City. Um, but Pastor Rafa's program was growing so much, um, and he needed leaders. And so they gave up their jobs. Um, they gave up their full-time positions, their full-time salaries to wow. come and work for Pastor Rafa in his program um, that feeds the community, has after-school programs for the community, um, and, you know, they get volunteer pay, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and there were three or four other people that worked for Pastor Rafa that, um, as we talked to them um, on some of our excursions together, mm -hmm. um, they just said that their focus is how can I help these, um, they were in the children, or worked with children. Yeah. And they're like, how, what can I give to um, help these children to, out of the darkness and um, just have safe places to go and learn yeah. and play and learn about Jesus. So wow. um, again, to me, that was simplicity, right? Like, yeah. how can I serve Jesus? They gave their jobs yeah, yeah. so that they could come and yeah. Um, work. Yeah, I think I love both those stories because they're both intentional decisions as mm -hmm. well. Like they weren't kind of passive or they they were desperate and made these calls. Right. Like for Elise, for Eric, their family, it was like because Christ has called us to to be all in and devoted to him, like we'll do these things that really don't make sense on paper. Mm -mm. You know, <laughs> like in any of our families, that'd be like, what are you doing? Um, talk a little bit, because you shared a story with me just about having this kind of realization coming from Byron Center Mission to Guatemala, like safety and all those kind of things were very different. So like the conditions are not super great in some of these communities that they're serving and can make it really difficult. Like how did you see God work even in that? Because those decisions sometimes are putting families more at risk or more danger 
yeah. to serve the kingdom of God. And so it's not just like a cute, like, I just moved from this nice neighborhood to this one. Like, maybe talk about that for a second. Like, what yeah. what comes to mind when you think about that? Uh, a couple stories. One I think I'll save for a little bit later. Um, but Pastor Jorge and um, Pastor Marileni, um such sweet people. Like, I felt like a deep connection to mm-hmm. her um, as she, they've got two little girls. And, um, yeah, she just has a servant's heart for sure. Mm-hmm. But they told a story of um, uh, they live in their community, which, yeah, is um, known for drugs and um, known for violence. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have so many relationships in the community because the community respects that they're there to yeah. help serve the kids. So they had a um, gang member come to their door one night, um, and he's got two little girls in home, right? <laughs> and his wife. Wow. And this gang member comes to the door and is like, hey, like, I need a place to stay. Um, like, the um, drug lord was coming for him mm. for whatever the reason. Yeah. Um, and so Pastor Jorge had to make a decision, like, do I like, <laughs> allow him, him to stay yeah. here with my little girls and my wife? Yeah. Um, or do I send him back out until that fate happen? But, um, but anyway, so after talking with the, um, the drug lord who is yeah. um, outside waiting, uh, he, the drug lord said, you know, we respect you. If you keep him here and t- take care of him and keep him under your wing, like, <laughs> we won't mess with him. So I think, I think it was about two years where this um, gang member lived with him and wow. his wife and his daughters. Um, and yeah, he got to, you know, hear about Jesus. And um, I don't remember what happened after that, but just the fact that he was in the home, yeah. uh, that Pastor Jorge, like, had to make that intentional decision yeah. um, to help this guy out. Um, yeah, it was pretty meaningful. And, you know, living here in Byron Center, if someone came to my door, I'd be like, I don't know. Like, I don't know your story. I don't know right. you. Um, but to see his his mindset was different than mine. His yeah. mindset was, um, how is this going to impact my image? How is this yeah. going to impact um, my story for Jesus? Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was. Wow. Yeah. I know you have a lot more. <laughs> and we'll, it will get into some more. Yeah. Um, I think that's one of the interesting things. I mean, anytime you travel, so we took a team to Haiti a couple of years ago. Obviously, you went as kind of a representative on like a recon mission to, to Guatemala to explore partnership, which you'll hear more about this month in July. Um, some trip opportunities that are coming up for our church in the next year. But how did you see, because one of the things that always strikes me when you're overseas is you just see faith expressed differently. It's not that that center church and churches in Guatemala are like following a different God or following like one's right or one's wrong, but they are very different and they're yeah. unique. Like how did you see some of that play out uh, while you were there? Um, we got to go to church on Sunday um, at Pastor Jorge's church. Um, and there, um, you know, we're like, they're speaking Spanish. Like our group was not very fluent in Spanish. <laughs> um and we're like, like whatever. Like yeah. it was a cool experience, but like we're not going to get much. Yeah. But I think um, a lot of us uh, came away with um, the fact of how worship is done differently, yeah. and just this authentic- authenticity yeah. and vulnerability. Yeah. Um, there was a lady who came in with her daughter um, during church service, and she 
came in a little bit later, sat down in the um, row in front of us, and she immediately just dropped to her knees in the middle of church wow. and just started praying and wow. sobbing and praying and sobbing. And we didn't know what she was saying or right. where, what happened in the morning or um, her story at all. But just the fact that like, she came in and just like laid it all out there for God yeah. and wasn't worried about interrupting the service or who yeah. was looking, like just none of that um, stuff that I feel like sometimes we get caught up in here, yeah. like how how do I look, like mm -hmm. what are people going to think? Mm -hmm. um, and there was, a, there was a lady in front of me throughout the service and she just worshiped with all she had. Mm -hmm. She was offbeat. She, like, <laughs> so there's hope for all of us. <laughs> yeah. But she literally just gave everything, the whole service. Wow. Um, and yeah, it was just not something I had experienced here yeah. in the United States before. Wow. Um, but um, the day we got to go to the market was probably um, where I saw faith mm -hmm. um, a lot different than we have here. Yeah. Um, so at the market, there's um, usually a guy, Alex, and three guys, and they go. And um, you'll see in some of the pictures, uh, just like vendor among vendor among vendor, a banana vendor, a pineapple vendor. Um, yeah, just... Uh, rows and rows of food, right? Yeah. And so what they do is they go and just ask for donations and um, tell them where it's going. And, you know, they've been building relationship for years, so they have right. the same places they go. But what really spoke to a lot of us on the trip was the fact that the people that were there, they don't have a lot, yeah. right? They, they're farmers. They come to the market and sell their produce along with 20 other people selling bananas. Mm -hmm. um, but... The amount of people that donated or gave their produce, um, so many of them were like talked about just their gratefulness to God yeah. um, and how they knew that He would provide. Mm. Um, so they gave freely, right? Yeah. They didn't give the food that was going to go ride. Yeah. They didn't give um, a handful of what they had. Yeah. They literally poured out crates and crates of, mm. um, of produce. And again, they just talked about how they relied on God and how he would provide for them and how they were grateful that they were in a position where they could give to yeah. other people. Um, uh, yeah, that was just, that just like blew my mind. Yeah. <laughs> and we get the opportunity to hear you know, some of their personal stories right. um, and just hearing like what they're, what they deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, and they're still able to just give God all the glory and all the focus and lean into that was, was mm -hmm. something I think that we don't do here yeah. as much. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because you, even, <clears throat> even that, like you talk about generosity in that sense, like even, even those things are a result of kind of practicing the discipline of simplicity because mm -hmm. it's not worried about, I don't have enough, so right. I can't give. It's not worried about, well, I've got to save some for myself. Like when yep. you're just solely and you're practicing this in your, in your real life, like you're solely focused on Christ, then those things, they just don't become as important. You know, yeah. like the holding on doesn't become as important. That's why, I've, I mean, it's interesting, like simplicity it is like an inward decision, but it should result in like an outward mm -hmm. reality too. Mm -hmm. Like it does change behaviors and buying patterns and how you think about your budget and your salary and your income and all this kind of stuff. Um, one of the stats we stumbled across was like a modern banking studies. This was a couple years ago. 
showed that Michiganders, which is now you for two years at least, <laughs> me for a little bit longer, uh, need to make $95,000 a year to be happy and maintain emotional well-being. Now that's a lot of money, but what's interesting is that that's like 15 to 20,000 higher than the national average. So there's like something ingrained in our culture um, where we live that feels a desire and kind of a burden to be like not simple. It's like to have more, to have the cottage, to get the boat, to go on the trips, which are not bad things. And, and you, you already spoke to that, but, but they can take us away from having that single focus. They can draw our attention away. And what ends up happening is we find ourselves in a life that's totally cluttered, that's stressed out, that's fatigued, that's trying to maintain all these different things. Um, and so one of the questions I would love to ask you and love for you to speak to is like coming back from Guatemala in May, it's, it's July now, like how have these experiences and some of the stuff God did in your own life kind of challenged some of those things at home or even just raising a family or in your marriage? Like how's that kind of, obviously it's not fully worked out, but like how has it started to work itself out? Yeah, God's definitely still working on that. Yeah. And I feel like, uh, since being back from Guatemala, um, I feel like we just, he's speaking more clearly to me. Yeah. Like uh, Memorial Day weekend, this is not in my notes, but mm-hmm. um, I was like, just like, I want to go to the lake. I want to go to my cottage. Yeah. I want to go. I just had all these wants, right? Yeah. Like all my neighbors are gone. The yeah. town is empty. <laughs> yeah. And I was talking to Jeremiah about it and we didn't go anywhere. We stayed mm-hmm. home. But like God showed me that weekend that uh, that is exactly what I needed. I needed that mm-hmm. intentional time with my family. I needed to be here on Sunday. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, it was just a good reminder of perspective. And I think that's one of the things that um, my shift has been, just mm. trying to be more intentional mm. um, um, being home. Mm. Um, so one of my favorite stories from Guatemala was um, actually like our last full day that we were there. We were in the Graniza community. And um, I don't so Guatemala City's broken up in zones, and I don't remember the zone, but it's known to be one of the um, like most dangerous mm. um, areas. So we we pull into the neighborhood, and Jose warns us like, "This is where we're at." Like, um, just kind of heads up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't try to be the white Americans in yeah. Guatemala. Like, yeah. yeah. Just, um, so we pull in, and the streets are just kind of desolate. Like, people are peeking out their windows. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's um, just think of a dark place, right? Yeah. Like it's just quiet and yeah. um, desolate. Um, and so we park our bus and we get out and um, some of the volunteers take us um, through the community and we mm. grab the kids and say, hey, we're here for the after school program. Yeah. Um, and so like everybody was like pretty quiet and timid and we all get to like, so the communities all have like a center area. So okay. we were at like a, uh, like a park. Yeah. Um, and we get back there, and as soon as Pastor um, Jorge got up there, um, the song started, and they're praising Jesus, and the dancing started, and everybody's got their hands in the air, and he shares the gospel, mm-hmm. and there's activities and food, and to me, it was just such a picture of just the light. Mm-hmm that we can bring into communities, yeah. right? Like it completely changed the tone yeah. of the community yeah. for that 
wow. two hours that we were there. And so as I came home, you know, I'm not going into those dark areas, right. um, but there is darkness in yeah. Byron Center. Um, and so being back, um, mm -hmm. just trying to be more intentional about yeah. how can I be that joy and that light in this yeah. community? Um, and how can I like just see that big impact that yeah. like we could see um, so easily there? Yeah, so, yeah, it's amazing. Um, and we would get describe that too, like the it'd be literally the power of the presence of God. Like if we're full of the Holy Spirit, as people follow Jesus and are surrendered to Him, when you step into those dark places, you bring light. Yeah. So the song that we sang a couple weeks ago, um, "I Speak Jesus," mm -hmm. you know, it says. Um, I speak Jesus in the mountains, on yeah. the streets, to the darkness, to the enemy. And like every time we sing that, like mm -hmm. takes me right back there because we were literally yeah. in the it's mountains. Yeah. <laughs> we were in the darkness. The yeah. enemy was very visible around right. us. Um, but when Jesus came in yeah. and when his word was being spoke, just like the change that I had. So, yeah, um, yeah I've just good. been trying to be more intentional about what are the needs and the darkness in my community and yeah. how. How do we go from there? And I know there's going to be some things coming out on mm -hmm. ways to get involved yeah, in the community. Sure. So for sure, yeah, yeah, we'll share more about that um, in the next couple of weeks. But I want to flip it and kind of wrap up our our conversation because you have a really unique perspective. So you were not going to Guatemala City as a person who had nothing better to do. <laughs> <laughs> you really felt like it was God challenging you, and it was a step of faith to go to raise the money to do all those things and. And if you're going on a trip in the future, like that'll be a process for you as well. But speak as a mom of four, when you, when you break it down and get real, like how does simplicity actually happen? Like that daily decision, what does that look like? What's it feel like? Like what are some of the kind of components to trying to implement this discipline and practice at home? Because that's really, I mean, it's one thing to do it overseas yeah. and, and then come back, but then it's... It's another thing to have to implement this in a daily way. And a lot of people are in that boat. So how does that, how does that look for you guys? Yeah, this was tough. Yeah. <laughs> this is where, like, the road meets the rubber, mm -hmm. right? Or rubber meets the road. Either way. <laughs> there you go. Either yeah. way it works. Um, but, yeah, this was tough. So uh, my husband and I were talking through it. I was like, I need yeah. help. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because uh, I don't think we live a elaborate lifestyle by yeah. any means. Um, but one of the things that came to mind was... Um, our oldest uh, did travel basketball this year. Yeah. And I knew that when you get in the travel world, like, yeah. it's tough because weekends yeah. are busy. And um, But it was important for us to just keep the expectation that yeah. church yeah. and our community is um, top priority. Yeah. So there were a couple times this year during basketball when we had to be the outcast yeah. <laughs> and we had to say, can't make it. Like, yeah. Easter weekend's important to us. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, there were times when we had to rush back so that we could make right. it um, to church. And I think just being intentional about keeping Jesus the priority. Yeah. Um, another thing, uh, a big thing for us is just trying to keep the calendar open, right? Like, yeah. Jeremiah works all day. The kids and I are home. Um but trying to keep that calendar open yeah. to allow for opportunity um, to connect with people mm. and relationships. Wow. And um, that was one of the things we saw in Guatemala a yeah. lot was um, the importance of relationships yeah. and 
how they can further the gospel when you have the trust and um, just relationships with people. Um, so, you know, Jeremiah works all day, we're home, our evenings are short, yeah. <laughs> it seems. <laughs> yeah. um, but trying to say no to things so that we keep what time we do have in the evenings open. Like, yeah. um, we've been having like neighborhood uh, wiffle ball games yeah. that are super fun. Yeah. Um, but the intention behind it is building the relationships yeah. in the community and um, hoping that doors are open, yeah. um, you know, to share more about Jesus um, yeah. with neighbors and things. Um, another thing is, uh, I feel like we can get really caught up in um, what do I need to do, like my timeline. Yeah. Like, I've got four kids, like they need to get to bed, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so but, that I eventually can get to bed, right? Yeah. That's how that works. <laughs> yes, it is. I've learned. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but there have been a couple incidents where uh, something, if someone comes over at bedtime and yeah. I'm like, I need to get my child to bed, yeah. I'm tired, yeah. like I'm done dealing with tantrums. <laughs> yeah. um, but there, I feel like God gives me a little nudge like, that's your timeline. Mm. This is mine. Like mm. someone else needs something from you now. Yeah. Um, and it's been good to just um, just focus on what he's got planned yeah. and not my plans. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> um, and try and yeah, just keep the focus on him as much as we can. Yeah, I love so. that. I love it's that's so calm. practical. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say sometimes it's, it is like simplicity can be a very messy discipline because it's almost moment by moment, which is why I love. I mean, you read what we just talked about a few minutes ago, Matthew 6, 33, like when Jesus preached and practiced simplicity, it wasn't in a vacuum. Like he was a real person, really had needs, was with people who had needs, was with people who had busy schedules and commitments. So when Jesus says like, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, he really means like it's possible for us to do that. And like you said, sometimes it's even just adapting and being flexible to open and, and open to when the spirit speaks and it's like this is what it means to be focused on me sometimes it will stretch those things and and challenge us in ways so i'd love to pray for us and wrap up our time but any final comments thoughts encouragements you'd give someone trying to practice this uh lean into jesus <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll end on that note that's pretty accurate so I'd love to pray for us and wrap up this time for a trans transition back into worship. And uh, let's do that together. So Father, thank you for this conversation. Thank you for people like Jennifer and Jeremiah who are helping uh, pave the way uh, just for what it means to practice simplicity and to have an intentional life that's not just focused on everything else we have to do, not just focus on tasks or accomplishments or or experiences, but is solely focused on you. And I pray, just like she just said, that you'd help us in this area to lean into you, to break the grip of materialism, to break the grip of greed and wealth chasing and keeping up with others. And uh, I pray that you would, in our church and even just in our own lives, make us people who are simple and singularly focused, Jesus, on who you are and what you want to do in our community. And we thank you that your heart is big and it does want to bring light into the darkness. And so I pray that as we practice this out together, uh, that you would be our guide, you would be our light. Uh, we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen.